Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. You can find it in your own personal pew Bible or in your, in your own Bible or printed in your order of worship this morning. I invite you to stand as you are able in body or in spirit for the reading of our gospel lesson. <clears throat> Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I will call my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was was fulfilled what had been spoken to the prophet Jeremiah. A voice is heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But we didn't heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. Then he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what was spoken to the prophets might be fulfilled, who be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> We're in that time of year between Christmas and New Year's Day where we're not really sure what the day is or what the date is. We just know that we've eaten a lot and there's probably some more leftovers yet to be eaten. I had a nice uh, small uh, you know, in the South, we don't buy fancy things for our leftovers. That's what God has given us butter tins for, butter pans. So Holly brought home from mama and daddy's house, just a bunch of butter it looked like. And of course it was full of dressing and corn. So yesterday I ate some corn. I was too lazy to even microwave it. So I'm sitting there over the sink, eating cold corn with a spoon. So that's been, so you wanna know how Christmas has gone? That's how Christmas has gone for me. Eating cold cream corn over the sink because that's how I roll, Tim. That's how I roll. But, you know, it's been a fun, you know, we always have good food to eat and good things to do in this time of year. And uh, I've thought a lot about all the food we've eaten and, and there's all type of varieties of food. But one of my favorite foods that you see a lot during this season is not just this season, every season is dessert. And I love a lot of the desserts we have. But my favorite types of desserts, some of my favorite foods are those foods that are savory and sweet. You know, I love desserts that are kind of salty and sweet. I, like, I, just, I just think that's such an, I just love the salty and sweet, the savory and sweet, the, the spicy and the sweet. Well, anything was sweet, but in those type of combinations, you can make like pepper jelly. I love, I can just eat pepper jelly to death. I just think it's delicious. I love those type of combinations. It's really, really neat for me to eat those type things. I, I just love the way the tastes blend together. Like most things, I was thinking about food. And when I read the scripture, those combinations kind of were in my mind as I read this because there's a, there's a very interesting trick we see sometimes with scripture. Well, trick's not the right word, but a very interesting way the gospel writers will write the scripture. By the way, I want to put in a real quick plug 
for our Rooted in Christ Bible study that we've been doing the last few years. Every year, if you remember year one, we went through all the Bible. Year two, we went a little bit slower. Well, year three, we're doing something a little bit different. The last few years, you would get text or emailed a different reading of scripture for each day that we would talk about. And so you may take or leave the reading guides that we send out. This year, we're going to do something really different. We're going to go deep this year. We're going to go deep in our reading of Scripture. So what we're going to do this next year, so over the course of a week, we're only going to look at one passage of Scripture. We're going to look at one passage every day for an entire week. And the reading guides we're going to put out are going to be really essential in helping us understand that. Because we're going to go deep in the Bible, talk about what's really happening and what it really means and what God's really telling us there. So I would really invite you, if you've not done so, to sign up for our, um, our daily our Rooted in Christ daily reading plan. Uh, if you've not done so, let me know. And I can get, I tell you how to sign up. Uh, but we'd love to have you walk with the Bible again with us this next year as we go, go pretty deep in Scripture. So, so I was reading this passage, it got me thinking about some of that because we see that salty, sweet, that combination in today's scripture. Sometimes in scripture, you'll see, two, you'll see a story that'll have a beginning, then you'll have a middle section, then you'll have an end to that story. We see that here because this story starts off with the beginning of, with, with, with the beginning of them fleeing to Egypt, God's provision. It ends with the return from Egypt, Herod's dead. The one who wants to take the child is gone. God's provision. So if you will, the beginning and the end are God's provision, God's protection, God's care for Jesus and Mary and the child and in the family. Protection, provision. What do you see in the middle? Pain. You see tragedy. Today's story, I think, is that perfect combination, honestly, of real life. Because what do you see in the text today? We see pain. We see provision. In Herod, as Gina's story this morning said, Herod, golly, y'all, of all the bad guys in Scripture, Herod is among the worst. He was truly a despicable biblical and historic character. There was, uh, he was often called, um, um, uh, he, 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 he was, um, he was, he tried so many tricks to get the people to love him, but they didn't. So then he wound up killing them. And we see this fear today. If we'd, if we'd have read the initial part, what happens is the wise men show up and say, Hey, where's the one who's to be born King of the Jews? And Herod said, we don't know. We weren't paying attention. So he sends them to find them. And then the wise men discern by God that Herod means Jesus' harm. And they go home another way. And Herod is furious because he's been tricked. Now this one born king of the Jews has a chance to grow up. Also, he's been made to look foolish by these wise men. So what does he do? He rages. He rages. And he kills every male child in Bethlehem two years old and under. This is called the slaughter of the innocents because these children had done nothing to deserve this pain, had they? These families had done nothing to deserve this pain. There was an actual, a wonderful article 
written in the New York Times yesterday that talked about this. This is one of the parts of Christmas we don't talk a lot. And it has this haunting picture of this mother clutching her child, trying to hide her child from Herod's men. And it shows the heartbreak, the fear, the evil. Dare I say the real world. Because the real world's not a fairy tale, y'all. There's pain. There's heartbreak. There's tragedy. There are deaths that come too soon. There's cancer. If you're like me, you woke up this morning and read the news and saw that individuals in New York State were celebrating Hanukkah last night and someone broke in their house with a knife. There's hatred. There's evil. There is evil in our world. It is real. It is not pretend. And it touches us. We've all been touched by tragedy. We've all been touched by pain. We've all been touched by loss. This year has been a year of loss for many of us. There's many of us here who can't wait to put 2019 in the books and move on to something better. We see in this story the reality that even Jesus had to run for his life. That even Mary, who the angel said was full of grace, had to run for her life because evil was at the door. We can't turn a blind eye to the fact that there are these things in the world. And so the fascinating thing to me is how God chose to deal with evil. That through Jesus Christ, we do, not, we do not serve a God who is distant to our pain. We serve a God that through Jesus Christ entered into our pain. We serve a God that through Jesus Christ wept beside the tomb of his friend Lazarus. And we serve a God that who, instead of making all the pain go away, entered into our pain, took on our pain, in many ways even embraced our pain. So that no matter what pain we experience, no matter what loss we experience, no matter what tragedy we experience, no matter what hurt we experience, we never weep alone. We never cry alone. It's not that we do not cry because we do cry. But we will never cry alone. And we will never weep alone because we serve a God who weeps beside us. And when our heart is broken and when our doors have been visited by this hurt, this God is there with us in the midst of the pain. As the psalmist says, even though I make my bed in hell, still there you'll find me. This text shows us that, yes, pain is part of life. And oh, how I wish it weren't. We live in a world that because of the actions of our first parents is fallen. And there is evil. And there is pain. And there is loss. But the power of God, friends, is not that God stops bad things from happening. The power of God is that there's nothing that God cannot redeem. There's nothing God can't bring good out. Now, by the way, we might not understand this good till later because the story begins when Jesus is four days old. And it's a few years later when the angel says, go back home. And that's when it says this was to fulfill the prophecy. So they didn't know that till later. In fact, they might not have known that till years later. We don't always know what God's going to do in the moment. 
We don't always see God's provision in the moment. We might not understand God's provision or God's care or God's mercy or God's grace till years later. I want to know now. I want to understand now. I want to, to understand what God's doing or what's happening in the world now, but it doesn't always work like that. Faith is evidence of things unseen. Faith clings on to truth even when we don't see it. I might not under, always understand. I might not always know. But you know what I do know? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. I might not know it, I know it all, but I know that. And I'm going to hold on to it. Because we see in this text, we see pain, but we also see provision. We see that God had prepared an escape for Mary and Joseph, and God had prepared a return for Mary and Joseph. So, yes, in 2019, we experienced pain. We did. But we also experienced provision, didn't we? Because guess what? We still standing. Maybe we're standing because somebody's holding us up. That still counts. We are still here. For yes, we have experienced the pain of this year. We've experienced the pain of loss at times. But we have also experienced God's provision and God's care and God's mercy and God's salvation and God's grace. For yes, death comes and pain comes and hurt comes, but they are never the final word. The final word always belongs to Jesus. And he says, fear not, I have redeemed you. You are mine. He says, I will never leave nor forsake. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Pain is real? Yes. The text tells us that pain is real. But it also tells us that God's provision is even greater. This past year, we've experienced pain and provision. And y'all, in 2020, we're going to experience pain and provision. I wish I could promise in this new year that we won't experience pain, but we both know that's not true. We both know that's not true. That there will be tears this year. There will be. I hope not. I hope there's very few of them. But I promise you, friends. I promise you, friends, that no matter what pain we experience, the provision of God is always greater. You trusted Jesus Christ with your eternity. If you're a Christian, you've trusted him with your eternity. The same God that you trust with your eternity You can also trust with your present. You can also trust with your future. His provision is always there. May we have this hope today and always. Let us pray. 
Gracious God, thank you for your provision in the midst of whatever pain we experience. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, even on a day like today. We love you so much. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.